live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. I was living in Geneva, Switzerland, and I had just finished my second time as working as a nanny. I had actually moved to Europe uh, about a year and a half before that, uh, working as a nanny in France. Uh, and this was the second time that I'd worked for a family um, and was just ready to kind of take another adventure and step out and explore a little bit more about who I was and uh, what I could do. So I, I grew up in Gresham, which is a suburb of Portland, and it was kind of like a regular suburb. There was not a whole lot to do. Um, my mom was pretty protective, and my stepdad was pretty controlling, and I had the sense of um, really wanting to kind of explore myself, but not really getting the chance to uh, see different sides of myself. Like, it was almost like, uh, for example, I, would, I rode my bike to school once and got in trouble for it because uh, I wasn't supposed to do that. Um, so I had this kind of feeling growing up that there was always something else out there. There was this big world out there that I had always wanted to see. And when I was 16, I had this feeling, also, I remember deciding that I uh, was going to live an alternative lifestyle. I wasn't really sure what that meant yet, <laughs> but I knew that, that suburb life was not for me. Um, and so I got a chance to, um, when I was 26, so almost exactly 10 years this month, uh, I got a chance to quit my job and move to Europe to work as a nanny. And that whole experience changed my life in the sense of really stepping out and leaving my uh, suburb life behind. Um, but it never really was a chance to kind of explore my identity. It was a lot of exploring different cultures and it was a lot of different, different places. But I'd, I really still felt, even though I was in a new environment and a new country, I still felt like I hadn't really gotten a chance to like, step out and see what I could do. So uh, after leaving the job, uh, working as a nanny, it just, the job just finished. And I was kind of just like, well, what else am I going to do? I'm in Europe. I should probably take advantage of this. There's so many other things to see. Uh, so I decided I was going to hitchhike from Switzerland to Italy. And that meant packing up all of my belongings that I've had for the last year and a half uh, into my big purple backpack and putting it on and literally just walking out the front door, putting my thumb out, holding the sign that I had written to the next town over, Luzon, and seeing if I could catch a ride. So I stuck my thumb out and I caught a ride pretty quickly, uh, but unfortunately it was just a, to a very short distance and I had to figure out the next situation pretty quickly. Uh, and the next couple that I got a ride from was a mother and daughter. And so this was at a time when uh, the view of Americans wasn't so great. This was right at the beginning of uh, the second term of the Bush presidency. And I had a lot of uh, conversations about um, who I was as an American based on our political climate. And so I was a little bit hesitant to <laughs> at first say that I was American, but 
the, the couple, the, the mother and the daughter, were so, so lovely. Uh, I had learned enough French by then so I could communicate how much I really loved their city and that my favorite museum was in their hometown. And it really, uh, it, it was a beautiful experience to be able to establish that kind of connection with complete strangers in such a short period of time. And so they took me to the next town over and dropped me off. Uh, and I was feeling pretty good at this time. I was feeling really confident. I had my first couple of rides under my belt. I felt like I can do this. Uh, and they had dropped me off uh, at a place where I could catch the next ride next to the freeway. And so I got a ride from this man. And I had assumed, going into it, that if ever I came across somebody creepy, or if I ever came across somebody that I didn't feel comfortable with, that I would intuitively know that they weren't the right people, and that I could say no and move on. And what I realized was that this was not the case. Uh, I got into a car, the car with this guy, and at first he seemed okay. Um, and as we were driving along, uh, he was very quiet. He didn't say a word at all. And after maybe about 10 minutes, he said to me, tu fais l'amour? And I, I wasn't quite sure what he had said. And I, I said, what? And he reached over and he patted my vagina and he said, to fair love more, which means, do you make love? And that was the first time that anything like that had ever happened to me, as far as being violated in that way. And being in a foreign country all by myself, I was first shocked, and second, uh, wanted to get the hell out of there. <laughs> so um, I never actually felt like I was in danger. But it was definitely not a situation I wanted to be in anymore, so I had him left, let me off at the next exit. Uh, <clears throat> I decided after that I was going to take a little break from getting rides on the freeway. So I <laughs> walked a little ways into town, um, and I put my bag down next to a roundabout. And the thing about hitchhiking is, and what I love about it, and what is also so incredibly terrifying, is that you're forced to deal with whatever situations that's presented to you. You literally don't have a choice. Uh, I mean, you always have a choice, but there's only so many in front of you in that moment. And so I decided I was going to just put my bag down and wait at the roundabout and see if there was another car that would come by and, and pick me up. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited probably for about 30 minutes or so, and no cars were coming whatsoever. And so finally, after waiting for a while, one car did come around the roundabout, and I was excited because maybe it was this, this car would give me a ride. Not all of them do, actually. A lot of them don't give you rides. Um, and so the car that came around the roundabout was actually a taxi. And I was like, should I just take the taxi? But I was determined to, to see if I could make it without, uh, without giving up. And so I decided not to get the taxi, and he drove away. And then I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and probably for another half hour. And then I see the car coming the opposite direction, and it was the same taxi. <laughs> and he comes around the, around the roundabout, like the Swiss, there's a lot more roundabouts, they don't have stoplights. And the taxi came around, and he rolled down his window, and he's like, do you want a ride? And I'm like, no, I don't know. He's like, no, come on, I will, I'll take you for free. And I said, okay, because there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, a lot of other options at that moment. And um, 
I decided even after this horrible last experience to go ahead and trust him. And so I put my bag in the back. Uh, you'd think that being a taxi, I would just sit in the back, but I, I think because it was a hitchhiking experience, I decided to um, make, that, make that connection with the driver because that's part of the experience, is to meet the, mo the most interesting people and to have that experience. And so I threw my bag in the back and I went into the front and he took me to the next town. And as we were driving to the next town, uh, he started telling me all about his life, how his father was in the hospital and how he was having heart problems. And I didn't really say much. I, didn't, I just kind of sat there and listened. Um, and as I got out of the taxi and grabbed my bag, he was so deeply appreciative of meeting me and having that connection that I, I also kind of felt um, honored in a way that he would be willing to tell me that much about his life to a perfect stranger. Uh, and so <clears throat> I continued on my travels into the evening and had to find a place to sleep that night. Uh, I just I got dropped off on the, this little tiny town that's a border between French-speaking Switzerland and uh, German-speaking Switzerland. And this little tiny town, I could have probably gone into a hostel, but again, I decided, like, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this under my own power. So there's this lovely grassy field right next to the road, and I thought, perfect, I'll take out my sleeping bag and find a place to stay. And I found this little tiny tool shed that had uh, like dirty tools leaning up the side, and there was a bus seat that was perfect for a bed. And I, I slept there that night uh, underneath the stars. And then the next morning, got up, and made my way again. Um, and by this time, I had pretty much made my way towards the Italian border. Uh, and I wasn't... One of the other things about hitchhiking, too, is that you're not really entirely sure where you're going to end up. You have kind of a direction and an idea of where you want to be, but sometimes just the way that the, the rides work out, you kind of end up in a different place. And I had ended up in a different place, and I was totally lost. I got out, and I had literally no idea how to find this other little town that I was going to next. And I ran into this Italian man. I was still in Switzerland, but he was Italian. And he didn't speak any English whatsoever. Uh, and I didn't speak any Italian. But I thought, well, I speak a little bit of French, so why don't I try and see if I can communicate with him? And luckily, he did speak enough French where he could point me in the direction of the next little town that I was going to that was right on the border of Switzerland and Italy. And so I ended up at that little tiny town. And what I mean by tiny is that there was one gas station and one restaurant. And the, the great thing about the Swiss gas stations is that they sell fresh-baked bread. So that evening, I bought fresh-baked bread and a little stick of pepperoni uh, and some cheese. And I decided that I was going to wait until the next morning to walk across the border. And the border wasn't this big... Uh, I had imagined, you know, a gate with a guard, and no, it was just a sign that said, Welcome to Italy. <laughs> and so I thought, well, why don't I just sleep here tonight and I'll, I'll make my way across tomorrow. And so I found this, this little rocky beach that was right next to Lake Maggiore, and I put out my sleeping bag and I put it down on the rocks, and I sat there and ate my bread and drank my imported Czech Budweiser. And I just was looking out over the lake, 
And I felt so totally free. And I felt like nobody in the world knew where I was in that moment. And I felt that I could do it, and I was resourceful, and that, uh, yeah, I was free. And so that night, I crawled into my sleeping bag right next to the lake, uh, and I just kept thinking about all of the next adventures I was going to have. <laughs>